Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, hey, where you been? Buckeye talk is about to begin. Hey, 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 come on in. Welcome to Buckeye Talk. Another Monday, that means another Market Down Monday here with the Cleveland.com crew. I am Nathan Baird, Doug Lamerese, Stephen Means on the other end. Getting closer to the season, getting a little bit more urgency here, or maybe not getting closer to the season, as we found out late last week when Ohio State and, and the rest of the Big Ten announced that uh, there won't be any non-conference games this season. And uh, ironically, this, year's, this week's topic is a schedule question. Of sorts. When will Ryan Day lose his first game as Ohio State's first regular season game as Ohio State's head coach? It's getting tougher to do these, any of these market down Monday topics, because if you want to do something numerical, it's hard to guess right now how many games are going to be in the season, even though the Big Ten is saying no non-conference games and Gene Smith says the preference is 10 games. That's hard to pin down right now. That's a very moving target. Games like the questions like this, we don't know for sure which games will even be played in 2020 right now. So, uh, but we're going to keep coming with them because I think these are still interesting discussion topics and it helps us kind of frame what's going on with this team. And for you guys, did you already have one in mind already for an answer like this or, or a question like this, I should say, or does the schedule uncertainty, the, the complete scramble that we're looking at for 2020 right now, make that more difficult? The schedule uncertainty has perhaps changed my answer. And I said on this podcast about a month ago that I was officially in on an Ohio State National Championship season. Um, you know, that was before everything got wacky. But we don't know exactly what the schedule is going to look like because beyond playing only Big Ten games, they could rearrange the order of those games. Right. Maybe they might add a game. Um, and I feel like the uncertainty – uncertainty is bad for Ohio State because Ohio State is good. So as confident – and I wasn't like slam dunk, sure thing confident, but I thought Ohio State's probably the best team in the country in 2020, and they would have things working in their favor, and they'd win the national championship. I'm not so sure I'm, I might not think they're going to lose a game this year now. Now, I don't know that that would derail them, 
because I don't know what's going to happen with potentially expanded playoff. I don't know. I mean, there's going to be a lot of strange stuff happening. But I feel like the way things are moving increases the likelihood of a regular season loss in 2020. And it's hard to put a finger on that for a million different reasons, mostly because we don't know exactly what the schedule is going to look like. But I'm curious if you guys agree with that general idea, because I just feel like whether it's because a couple players would be out because of a positive test, whether it's because the season itself, the country is just going to be weird. It's not going to be a normal progression of game on Saturday, get back on Sunday, recover, go here. We prepare. There's just going to be wrinkles. I just feel like something weird could happen. And so I, I think my answer is, is I don't exactly know yet what my answer is, but it certainly is more likely that I think they could lose in 2020 than if everything was proceeding with a 12 game schedule and the virus was under control. And you could believe that the Buckeyes were probably going to be reasonably avail available and healthy all year. Are those same concerns growing for you, Steven, or do you still think this is a team that runs the table in 2020? I, I, agree with the sentiment. I just don't think there's a team in the Big Ten just because they're only going to play Big Ten teams that can compete with Ohio State this year barring nobody has to sit, uh, nobody really important has to sit a game because of, you know, a positive test. So in a situation where everybody gets to play every game, I just don't see a team in the Big Ten who can compete with Ohio State this year. Right, so, but what about, like, do you think, are, are you preparing at all for the idea of that might be less likely? That's normal. Everybody who's good plays. Are you cracking the door at all? I'm like, well, Wyatt Davis tested positive. He's, he's, he's okay, but he's out for two weeks. Yeah, I considered it, but I just – that's just too much of a we don't know to go down that road. And it's, it's, and in the spirit of what this podcast is supposed to be at Market Down Monday, I can't make my answer based off of things that aren't for sure happening yet. So – so I think what's, what I think is interesting is we were getting a lot of questions. If you were to go back and listen in March, April, when this was first starting, the COVID-19 pandemic was starting, we got some questions about, is this something that's going to hurt Ohio State's chances of winning a national championship? Is this going to affect them? And I, our answer at the time was, well, this should affect everyone in general at that point. Everybody's losing their spring, most of their spring, or if not all of their spring. Everybody is is um, going in their separate directions and going home and, and not having maybe some of the same summer stuff. So that did, everybody was kind of affected equally by that. What I think is interesting about the way Doug is thinking about this, and it's true, is that the big unknown right now is this is not going to affect every team equally once it happens during the season. I think that's pretty safe to say that there's going to be a week where, uh, you know, a team like Ohio State, maybe uh, maybe it's the, the game at Michigan State or whatever, you know, a team that they would normally have a big advantage on. If that's the week where, God forbid, a team, you know, Ohio State has a big spike in cases that depletes that roster for that week, if they even are able to then play the game which is one of the reasons why they're doing what they're doing with the schedule to build in some more flexibility. But then if, you, if a team has to then go play a game very shorthanded, it makes them a lot more vulnerable. I think the biggest obstacle to Ohio State going undefeated in, in 2020 is, is COVID in so many ways. It's COVID in whether there's going to be a season or not. But then it's also, do they just get lucky in terms of if it hurts them, which week does it hurt them worst? And that's the thing. What if – We're supposed to mark it down. 
it's it's as you said, Nathan. We're getting into areas where you can't. It's it's hard to mark down. <laughs> you anything. literally can't mark this down <laughs> because everything I just said is also the same. If you if you previously thought Ohio State was not going to win at Penn State, and then this and this year um, that week is the week that Penn State has its spike in cases or whatever. Yeah. Uh, you know what I mean? Like it's it works both ways. And I just don't know what what will the threshold be for. Well, we're missing some guys, but we can still play versus we're missing too many guys if the game is postponed. So what if Ohio State's playing Michigan State and Ohio State's missing five starters because they tested positive? Again, I, I, I shouldn't have used someone's name. It's not You don't want to hypothetically give somebody COVID-19. That's not fair. But let's there are say some that people they, I would like to give hypothetically give COVID-19 to. They just don't play football for Ohio terrible. State. No, that's well, no, no, that's a, that's a, that's going to be our Friday podcast now. Angry Friday officially. It's just who would? It's just a list um, of who we think should oh, get yeah. COVID. Yeah. Oh, that kid that pushed me in second grade. Yeah. Podcast won't last much longer. We start doing that. Yeah. So, but if Ohio State's missing five starters against Michigan State and Michigan State's missing one, do you play? Who decides if you don't play? Yeah. Does the conference decide? Does Ohio State say, ah, we can't play? And Michigan State's will like, well, you still have like, you have 77 scholarship players. I know you're missing five of your best guys, but like, what are we doing here? That's many- a decision you have to come up with. Who decides whether, what is the threshold for too many positives to play a yeah. game? Because if, if, yeah, that's part, it's, you know, how many people have to test positive before you cancel a game? Because if one or two people have it, that's probably not – that's just one or two people you've tested. There's probably somebody else that has it. What if a coach gets it? You know, it's – And, and was, like we said, that there's the health issue. I think we all understand the health issue. Yeah. Right? If, if there's a, an outbreak within a team and it's not safe for that team to play because there's a bunch of players who are isolated, you're worried about how much exposure – other players had so you can't practice for four days and you can't have guys practice play if they can't practice that's one thing but if it's a competitive a competitive balance issue of listen we don't believe that there is like really a health risk to the other guys who are testing negative but you're missing seven starters but you have backups but you're missing seven starters how do you decide the competitive because ohio state might say well we want to postpone but Michigan State might say, well, we're only missing one starter, and if we postpone to three weeks from now, what if in three weeks Michigan State's missing four starters and Ohio State's only missing two? How come we're going to play then when you're healthier than us? Who's going to decide that? And, and I, I don't know if conferences are going to have to have a number if a team has more than X number of players who are out. will automatically postpone for competitive balance reasons and then the other factor that's going to come into this is how does the playoff committee take all this into account because a couple years ago we were talking about the game that Clemson lost when Kelly Bryant was hurt and then he came like they lost but their quarterback was out and they have always factored that in if you lost but it was a clear kind of weird reason that you lost Mm -hmm. especially related to injuries that mattered of course they're going to have to factor this into that so could Ohio State have a weird loss where they have seven starters who missed because of COVID and the playoff committee is like, well, okay, we're actually not really going to count that against you. There's a lot of thinking that's going to have to go into this and you're going to have to decide, I think, ahead of time, is everything a case-by-case basis or are you establishing hard and fast rules about this number of players, this number of starters, 
How many days ahead were they, you know, how much practice time did you miss? And if you hit certain thresholds, the game's automatically postponed. I think this could be fascinating if we get to that point. And I think it's more complicated than that because if team A has uh, nine guys who test positive, but they're all um, backups or maybe guys who really don't even play at all, maybe they're true freshmen, whatever, um, and team B has one person test positive, but it's the star starting quarterback, how are those looked at differently? Or are they the same? I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, so you're talking about these thresholds of people, but imagine, you know, an NFL team, you know, imagine, um, you know. Yeah, Patrick Mahomes is out for the Mahomes is the one guy who tests positive, whereas the Bears have like eight guys who only play special teams who test positive. How are are those really equal? Like, aren't the Bears still more prepared to play that game than the Chiefs are? So uh, I am fascinated by this. And I think uh, Gene Smith was asked about this yesterday. I can't remember if Kevin Warren was or not. I'll have to go back and look. On Thursday. On Thursday. On Thursday. Yeah. Sorry. Thursday. Um, And he said that that's something that still has to be hashed out and those conversations still have to happen. But I think they're, it's not even the next conversation that they have to have. It's, it's got to come up soon though, because as you get closer to the season and you set up when this, when your schedule, when your true practice schedule starts, I think that's the first protocol that they still have to set. And it sounds like that is still not set in stone. You know, what, what the protocols are for how you actually have a full contact, real football practice. And then I think in correlation to that, you have to come up with some sort of reporting standards, uh, treatment standards, and uh, quarantine standards, you know, all those things for how to handle this. It's almost like we need to come up with like guidelines on how we can actually mark this down. Because we have to consider all of this with this year, but and it's, you can't really just have a firm statement with this because of what's going on. And we don't exactly even know what the schedule is going to look like. Even yeah. if you think, uh, well, I right. think they might lose to Iowa, let's say, because of this. But we're not exactly sure. We can assume that Iowa is going to be played on the date that it's supposed to be played on. But that might change. So you're the market down commissioner. Yeah. Nathan. Yeah. I was so about to whatever say, you like, want to do. I'm fine with letting this be. I just don't know how we can really rope anybody into one way or another right now, because um, as much uncertainty as there is for 2020, part of that uncertainty is whether they're going to play a football game or not. Like even one, let alone 10. Um, so I, I'm, I'm open to letting you guys just answer this the way you would. Our reader certainly did. There were some that were affected by what they think is going to happen in 2020. Um, there are others who just kind of brushed right past that and kind of said, oh, they're going to go 10-0 and 0 in 2020, and then here's where they'll lose in 2021. So um, it, I think I'm going with the same answer I would have before this news yeah. on Thursday just because – I think it's, it's right now. It's seem, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It, it's, I still think it's more likely that they play some games, some games than none, but I don't know if they're going to play 10. I, it's just, and I don't know who they're going to be. I don't know who the 10 games they're going to play right now are going to be, or if it even is 10. So I'm, I think my answer hasn't changed, but if it changes for you guys, if Thursday's news influenced that, I say, go for it. Um, so now that we've talked about this in the most depressing way possible, let's, we'll go back to, well, but but, and I, but we do have it's necessary. to. It's necessary. It do, was a yeah. necessary thing to say because you know. Hey, I'm, I brought it up, so I'm not the one who's 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 saying we shouldn't. But I'm just saying, um, we can't get like wallow in that. I think this is more supposed to be a little bit more of a fun exercise than that. So yeah, and um, I do think that the stuff we were saying before about how 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 does it affect teams, or even we had like the asterisk discussion before. 
a lot of that to me back then, we were doing a lot of those discussions at a time when the virus was trending in a downward direction in this country. Right. It felt like, okay, stuff might be delayed. People are affected. Their preparation for football is affected. And that's where we thought everybody's preparation is affected equally. And then actually, Ohio State seems on top of this stuff. You know, Mickey Marotti sending out workout plans. Ohio State actually might be ahead of some other schools who are not mm -hmm. maybe as prepared to have guys work out away from campus or whatever. Um, we were talking about a, them coming back yeah. in like May and having a, uh, just moving the spring back several weeks. Yeah. And, you know, they had a, their starting quarterback was returning. They had three offensive linemen re returning. That There were just things about Ohio State that seemed to allow them that if they miss preparation, they would be less effective. They might even be ahead of the game as a result. Now, if you're just if it's going to be a crapshoot week to week on Everything's what your roster asterisk. looks like, Everything's asterisk. then then, I, you know, I don't know. That's just a different discussion. But again, sort of to this point, and I don't really want to compare injuries in this because that's it's just injuries are part of the game. This is not part of the game. This is just unfortunately part of life right now. But, you know, Urban Meyer was 25 and 0 in the regular season and then. In 2014, he lost his first regular season game. And again, they lost in the Big Ten Championship and in the Orange Bowl at the end of 2013. But again, 25-0 in the regular season. And then they lose their first regular season game because they're playing a redshirt freshman at quarterback in his second game because their starting quarterback had a season-ending shoulder injury in preseason camp. Well, nobody expected that. And if Braxton Miller had been healthy all of 2014, maybe Urban Meyer would have gone 31-0 in his first 31 regular season games. You know, so, so – on some level, uncertainty is part of the deal. But this level of uncertainty and this kind of uncertainty is obviously unprecedented. And even with that, he at least got a game to play. And you came into the season understanding he was going to be a starting quarterback. This year, if that happens, it could happen on a Thursday or a Wednesday or whenever they come back with their results. And all of a sudden, you're throwing a new guy in there. And you've got two days to prepare him to be the starting quarterback against Penn State. And that would be the thing. If – you know, again, we don't want to be blasé. We don't want to just start saying, like, well, what if this guy got it? What if this guy got right. it? Right. If for Ohio the State of... has to start a quarterback other than Justin Fields in 2020, for whatever reason, certainly their chances of losing said game, especially when all those games are against Big Ten teams, it's not going to be against Buffalo or Bowling Green, their chances of losing that game if Justin Fields isn't playing quarterback is what? increases by 10 times I don't know I mean like so that I mean that's that's obvious but suddenly with the increased uncertainty you've increased the chances of that happening so if we're trying to mark down you know will they lose or not this year in the regular season that has to factor in for me fair enough so uh, as you mentioned Ryan Day is 15 and 0 right now in the regular season three wins as the interim coach in in place of Urban Meyer when he served a suspension in 2018 and then 12 and 0 in 2019. So that's actually the second best start of a career for an Ohio state head coach. Uh, Carol widows in 1944, 45 went nine and zero his first year and then won his first three games, the second year. So 12, that was who Ryan day passed last year to have the second best start. Um, historically you don't always have to get off to a great start. Woody Hayes in 1951 wins the wins his first game, seven, nothing against SMU. Loses 20 to 24, sorry, 24 to 20 uh, against number one Michigan State. And he actually didn't win his second game until his fifth game as Ohio State's head coach. But uh, things went pretty well after that. And uh, he had a decent little career for himself. Um, and then Earl Bruce, 11 and 1 in 1979, um, 
lost the Rose Bowl 17-16 to USC after going 11-0 in the regular season. So uh, some, of the, some of the legendary coaches in, in Ohio State history have started off pretty strong. And then obviously, as Doug mentioned, Urban Meyer starting off 25-0, 12-0, 12-0, and then winning the um, first game of the 2014 season. So that's who Ryan Day is chasing. It's who he's succeeding, and that's who he's chasing. And um, did you guys think Ryan Day would be undefeated still, even in regular season games at this point? No, we. I mean, Doug picked him to go nine and three last year. Why are you doing that? Yeah, I'm not throwing. I thought, they, but I thought they would lose a game last year as well. Right. So, that's what I'm no, saying. I, like, that's really whether it's one or three, we didn't think he would be undefeated at this point. Yeah, it was uh, more. What was that, uh, Doug? What was your uh, what was your yeah. prediction for last year? I can't. I wasn't here, Doug. So what was your? Uh, what was it? Oh, I was here. Yeah. I had a prediction. No, I had a. I had a I, wrong prediction for this. Yeah, I had a wrong prediction, but it also gave us a chance to pick out Doug's nine and three again, which is always fun. Somebody like dropped a five-star was- review on the podcast, on Apple Podcasts this week. Dropped a five-star review amazed at how we put out this much podcast content at this high quality. But their headline of the review is nine and three. So I get, I get it. You guys remember <laughs> it. I get it. I get it. Here, here's a chance to redeem yourself then. What, how much of Ohio State's 12-0 and regular season in 2019, how much credit for that goes to Ryan Day? Oh, I mean – a tremendous amount, a tremendous amount of uh, because he was hands on in bringing Justin Fields in and a tremendous amount goes to Justin Fields. But I figure yeah. I feel like the two of them in concert um, helping Ryan Day, helping him, Justin Fields doing it, getting ready to lead an offense, to lead a team, to understand opposing defenses, to learn this offense, to be accurate, to not turn the ball over to be as smart uh, and as poised as he, as he was getting here in January, you know, Ryan Day's fingerprints were all over that. And you've got to give Justin Fields the most credit for that particular aspect. But then also the Ryan Day tough love mantra, uh, not being overwhelmed by the shadow of a legend and embracing what Urban left him, but also forging his own path. Um, the schedule certainly helped that they were kind of able to roll for 10 games. But, I, I mean, I think, I think Ryan Day did an incredible coaching job last year. He's the reason why Justin Fields was in Columbus. So a, a huge amount goes to him because without him being here and showing where the passing game was headed and how he could develop quarterbacks, you don't get a five-star like that. And just the circumstances, and this is why Gene Smith was very interested in keeping mm-hmm. it in-house and sort of you know, maintaining a lot of the Urban Meyer structures here if you had brought in somebody from the outside and had a complete transition, had a complete transition of assistant coaches, had a complete transition probably of strength coach, of recruiting people, um, even if it wasn't complete, you know, vast, it just would have been much harder to do that. It just would have been much harder to do that. Now, Urban Meyer managed to do it in 2012. He managed to go 12-0 and having done all that. Um, but that was nuts. So I just think it would have been very hard for any outsider – um, to do what Ryan Day did and that Ryan Day was helped by being here. But then beyond that, he also did a great job. Obviously, the biggest value involved with going undefeated in, in this day and age in college football is it puts you in the playoff. If you're a Power 5 school, you go undefeated, you're making the playoffs. And you're going to be a high seed most likely in the playoffs. Now, I love chaos. I think it would be awesome if there was a year where there were one school from every Power 5 conference that went undefeated and then um, – people just lose their minds. I think that would be enjoyable, but in practicality, you go 12 and 0, you're going to the playoff. Is there value beyond that? Like, is there an intrinsic value 
to having an undefeated regular season. If you, if you, because if you don't win a national championship, does it mean something that you get to still look back or show recruits or have for your fans, whatever? Hey, we went 12 and 0 in the regular season that year. It's an impressive start to your, you know, tenure as a head coach somewhere. But I mean, that's all it really, it just kind of shows you where things are headed, where you kind of make a staple that, hey, we, might be a, be a team where we're going to be in contention to be a national con- championship contender every single year. But other than that, it's just a pat on the back because they didn't necessarily get the job done. I think that might be right. I think that there may be more value for Ryan Day going 12-0 and in a year where he doesn't win a national championship last season than there will be if he does it in t- 2026. It's unexpected when you do it the, the first year. But after that, you've kind of set a standard for yourself. I, I I think the bar at Ohio State is too high. It's just like Ohio like Ohio State doesn't hang. I mean, they do note it, but like nobody cares about like Big Ten East champions or whatever. You know what I mean? Like it's just Earl Bruce went undefeated in the regular season. His first year taking over for Woody. I I don't I don't think people are like way to go Earl. It's like they kind of blew it in the Rose Bowl. You know, like Ohio mm-hmm. State in two thousand six was undefeated number one the whole year. They had the Heisman winner. They were the number one team from start to finish, undefeated. And that is not what people remember from that year. You know, the only exception is, to, is 2012 because they were banned from the postseason. So you get to have that undefeated what if of like, man, we were denied our shot. Hey, there, you know, Alabama and Notre Dame are lucky that we weren't in there. We would, But if you get in to the postseason and – you lose. I'm at a place like Ohio State that I think I don't think the undefeated regular season does anything for you. But is there anything to the fact that everything he was replacing a legend and all those things? And it's okay. Is he going to be able to maintain this? And it's now you can you know you can hold your breath a little bit and breathe. You know you can let back because you know things. The standard that is you're right. The standard that is Ohio State is going to be kept because he was able to show that in the first year, even if it didn't necessarily into the national championship. But that's, but being undefeated is not the only threshold of that. I mean, if, if, so it depends, like, what are we talking about? Are we talking about the value, the intrinsic value of an undefeated regular season? I would say that at a place like Ohio State, there is none. If you're talking about, did Ryan Day have a really good year and get in the playoff and lose to Clemson in the year after Urban Meyer, did that matter? Yes, of course that mattered. But there's, a, if he would have gone 11-1 and one in the regular season, but still somehow won the big 10 and made the playoff against Clemson. That's no different. Like is cause that's, we're talking about Nathan, you're talking about being undefeated on its own in the regular season, right? Yes. The absolute yeah. inherent value of that. Right. I think there's none. It is getting to the playoff and being the big 10 champ and losing to Clemson, but showing you're right there. Yeah. And you might have had to be undefeated to do that. But if you had had one loss and still done that, that's the value. The value is the playoff. There's no yep. – undefeatedness is just like pretty. And Ohio State doesn't dabble in pretty. It's did you get it done or not, you know? So, I guess having listened to your argument, I would say for Ryan Day, there was probably even more value in the, the way they went undefeated in regular season last year than the fact that they were undefeated. It was more like – a more nebulous thing, right? It was just kind of the dominance of the team for 12 weeks than it was the fact that it was 12 wins in some ways. Yeah. And we can talk ourselves into a circle here. Cause right. you know, if they had played Oregon in week two, instead of Cincinnati, if they had played at Oregon right. Right. and they had lost 26, yeah. 21, but they otherwise were absolutely still the same as good as they were. And they had made the playoff and they had a really tough road loss against the top five team. 
it's I think it's exactly the same. I think there's there's no difference. I don't think the zero then would add anything extra compared to a, a tough road loss against the top five team. What's the most important ingredient to going undefeated? I think there's a lot of things that could be involved here. Uh, just the pure talent of your team, uh, the luck that you have to have along the way, even in a year where there isn't a global pandemic. Um, the schedule that you get, which in the case of someone like Ryan Day, uh, in his first year, some of it was probably put in place when he was in like playing JV ball in high school, um, if he even had to play JV ball in high school. And, or, or then like the coach management, and that probably applies to the whole staff of, of working a team through uh, the, the week-to-week grind of getting through a season. Like, is there something that stands out to you guys as like the chief ingredient of whether a team can go 12-0? and I think uh, assuming a certain level of talent, I think the two most important things are the schedule and health. I agree. So in health, I would put under luck's not the right word there, but like fortune, good fortune. Yeah. And it's not as much about like the bounce of the ball on yeah, did a, did a right, pass right. hit a guy in the helmet on third yeah. down. It's about like, was your offensive line together and healthy all year? Yeah. Did an official see something the way you wanted them to see it? That kind of thing. That's, that's just like almost luck, but I, we're talking about something a little bit different than that. Well, but uh, I, I would say health comes first right, because right. like, so Justin Fields getting hurt against Penn state. That could have been worse, but it all, it absolutely affects oh, yeah. it, the it, Ohio state season. Yeah. But also I would say that's separate from the refs screwed Ohio state against Clemson, not on purpose, but they did. So those are, so one of those things is good fortune or it was bad fortune that there were some calls that went against Ohio state and you know, if JK Dobbins catches another couple passes, whatever, but the stuff you can't control the refs, that's good fortune. Justin Fields wasn't a hundred percent against Wisconsin, which led to Ohio state not being the number one seed, which led to them having to play Clemson. And then against Clemson, I say he still wasn't a hundred percent. So, you know, if, if, Either of those two things, either the good fortune of the refs goes their way during the national championship game, or if Justin Fields remains basically fully healthy, and nobody's 100% healthy by the end of the year, but doesn't have a major injury, I think they're in the national championship game. So a lot went their way last year, because that could have happened. What happened with Justin Fields against Penn State could have happened in week three, and who knows where they would have been. But there is all of that. Like, the, of course, there's a natural talent level, but there's a lot of other things that, and even the Clemson loss, and I know we're really talking regular season here, but if they would have been playing Oklahoma instead of Clemson in that game, that's kind of schedule, they probably would have won. So there are a lot of things like that that matter, even, even if you're really good. We're going to take a break right here. We are going to come back after the break. We're going to mark it down on when we think Ryan Day loses his first game as Ohio State's head coach, and we are going to get into the answers that all of you sent in from our tech subscribers, 614-350-3315. Come join the conversation. Come get all of our updates. I was cranking them out pretty heavy yesterday or Thursday last week from Gene Smith's teleconference, and you guys are the first to get those. We don't go to Twitter with those. They come straight to your phone, uh, direct to you first. So uh, appreciate all of you who – have subscribed and uh, stick with us through the break. We'll be back with Market Down Monday on Buckeye Talk. All right, we're back and it's time to mark it down. Doug, I'm going to let you lead it off. When will Ohio State's coach Ryan Day lose his first game in the regular season? Random week of the 2020 season when some 
players have positive tests. So not knowing exactly what the schedule is going to look like, you know, it won't be against Rutgers. It won't be against, I don't know. That's the thing. It's like you take out the gimmies, right? You take out Bowling Green and Buffalo. How many other like absolute gimmies are there? I don't know because if they, if let's assume that they're going to add one more West team, right? So it'll be either who are the four they have. They're not playing Nathan. They are not playing Purdue, Minnesota, Wisconsin, or uh, Northwestern right now. But so, again, I, I, who knows who they're actually going to play? But that's yeah. who they're not scheduled to play right now. And the one of those that uh, – Purdue has the same bye week as Ohio State, and they only play four home games. So I think if the, if the schedule stays the same, that's a natural fit. But I have a feeling that this whole thing may just get jumbled. But they're going to play their division opponents. I mean, that's not going to change. Right. Well, so I, don't, I would assume so. But, but why, would they, why would they change, like, which West opponents you're supposed to play? They, why would they change that? I, I, I guess – Off the if, bat. I, I, I suppose, like, if Rutgers were supposed to play Nebraska and they wanted to change that for some reason for – You know what? If that's an know, issue, but... then kick them both out of the freaking conference. <laughs> there you go, Doug. What the, if, if your conference is too far apart to play in a pandemic, yeah. cut the sides of your conference off. That is not a thing. You can't have Rutgers only play the teams near them because nobody is near New Jersey. Then have Rutgers play Penn State ten times. Understand. I'm We're not already happy. down to conference games, which is smart. It, Rutgers, if Rutgers can't play Nebraska, and Nebraska can't play Rutgers only because of geography, because like every other geography component of the Big Ten makes conference. sense, cut them off the edges of the conference and be done with it. So I'm not playing that game. Rutgers, suck it up and get to Nebraska. I think the better way for me to put it out there as a hypothetical is that something will happen where a game like that in that week can't be played for some reason. Well, but that's, I what, think we're, that's what's, so, what we're talking about the schedule at the beginning. Yeah, right. right. So, but if they're going to have a 10 game schedule, I'm going to assume they're going to play the nine they're supposed to play in one more. Because I don't know why they would say, okay, we're swapping out Iowa for Northwestern and Purdue or whatever, whatever. But regardless, other than Rutgers, I'm not sure there's 100% gimmies. I don't know how good Maryland is right now, but again, two years ago, Maryland practically beat them. You know what? Illinois beat Wisconsin last year. We had Zach Osterman on talking about how competitive Indiana is now. Nebraska has looked terrible, but maybe they'll have their stuff together. Like, you're eliminating a couple gimme games, so all of a sudden, you're playing 10 weeks. If, you, if they end up going and going to a 10-game Big Ten schedule, Nine of those 10 games, I think, would be, per, you know, quotation marks, losable if you have some players who are out. I, I think, as we've talked about, could Ohio State second string beat the Rutgers? Yes. I'm not sure Ohio State second string could beat anybody else's first string in the Big Ten, at least who's on their schedule. Well, especially when you're talking about taking Justin Fields off the field. Yeah. Right. Like, that's the, that's, that's, you, you said it before. Like, any game where he can't yeah. play in 2020 – I think Ohio State is vulnerable, and I think that might even include Rutgers at home. Most probably not. I think they okay. could probably still win that no, game. No, but any of the other nine games, I think it makes them very vulnerable. If Rutgers' starting quarterback this year was freshman, true freshman Jack Miller, we'd be like, Rutgers is back, baby. They went to Arizona <laughs> yeah. and got the number 351 player in the country. I'd be a heck of a starting him from day one. Watch out for Jack Miller. Greg Schiano would cut off – both of the Scarlet Knights' arms, and he'd be like that armless knight from Monty Python. Why do you want to harm order to get? Like that? What's that? You want to harm that knight so bad? Just you, you just took a they took a nice 
suit, a coat of armor, and they painted it red. Rutgers just aggravates me. Now you're trying to take his arms off. I don't. I don't wish ill on the person in the. Oh night no, no, the, no! I know the, the actual mascot, not the actual yeah. people being inside. Yeah, the, yeah let's do. Yeah. So to me, if you have a season where nine of the ten games are quotation marks losable, if you're missing the certain wrong subset of dudes, um, I'm gonna imagine a world where one of those nine weeks something goes wrong. And does that ruin their national title chances? No. Does the playoff committee take it into, a, into account? Yes. Will it happen to Alabama and Clemson and Oklahoma and Wisconsin and Michigan and other good teams too? Certainly, right? I mean, if it happens to Ohio State, they're not going to be the only good team that has to deal with this. So I don't think it's devastating on its own. I don't think it um, eliminates them from the national title picture. But again, I'm going to pull back and we have to see – what the schedule looks like when we get it. But it's not about like, I'm not going to play the game of like, oh, if they redo the schedule and all of a sudden now you've got Wisconsin and Iowa back to back. Now I think that's why they'll lose. No, it's only absence of players related to COVID-19. And just going in, I'm going to assume at least one screwy week. So my market down Monday answer of when Ryan Day loses his first regular season game is screwy week of the 2020 season. And I'll say that knowing that some people think there's not going to be a season, but I'm not going to have my answer be, I think there's going to be no season. So my answer is like week eight, 2021, because for the moment, I'm not going to play the, I'm going to say there's no, no season until they tell me there's no season. So in the meantime, I'll go by what they're telling me, which is conference only games and maybe they'll get to 10. And so one game in there, I think they will lose. So I think you're right. It's a very fair answer. It's probably the smartest answer. It's probably the one that has the most likelihood of coming to fruition. Yeah. Um, my, the, I, I chose not to answer that way simply because I didn't want to be playing this game. It's like playing double blindfold, pin the tail on a donkey in a room that's spinning. It's like, I, the, <laughs> is the week that they have a, a, a COVID-19 outbreak, uh, does it happen the same week? the team they're supposed to play does who does it affect whatever i mean it's it is that it, it, it could it, i think what you're saying is completely plausible i decided to stick with the same answer that we gave earlier this year there was another i think it must have been a rapid fire because i, I tried to go back and look at market down mondays and i guess it wasn't a market down monday topic um but it was when will ohio state next lose a big 10 game was that a big was that a market down monday because i couldn't find it uh, what was the thing where we, everybody had the answer of Minnesota. To that open was, the, that's what it was. It's, it's losing season. The, the 2021 season opener at Minnesota is that's the answer, answer? That I'm sticking with. It's the answer I'm sticking with for now. Um, simply because uh, I don't know which games will be played in 2020 and I don't know under what circumstances any games will be played in 2020. And uh, because I want to give a more specific answer, I'm sticking with the one that I gave, which I still think is a pretty uh, plausible answer. You got uh, uh, now, and this also assumes that, that Tanner Morgan is back for Minnesota, which I think he will be, but we don't know that, I guess, for, for sure either. But if, in that situation, you'll have a veteran, really talented quarterback coming, um, playing at home, uh, a team with a lot to prove. You have a very young Ohio State team with a first-time starting quarterback, we assume. Um, none of those guys will get a chance to start this year, whoever wins the job. Um, 
in tough conditions and losing everybody else that they're going to lose going into that season. I think that's, and it's earlier in the week, weird things can sometimes happen when you're playing on a Thursday night or whatever, all the things we talked about before. Um, I, I think that sets up for being a, a game that they, they lose. And then also those sort of helps set the, the mindset of this next group that's coming through. This is really a, a, a it's going to be an off season of, big transition I feel like between the, the the team that Ryan Day inherited and the team that he's now going to lead into what could be this this successful next segment of, of Ohio State football and I I could see that game sort of being a, a catalytic moment for that program and it may not be the only loss that they take that year because they are going to be young they're going to lose a lot of talent I know there's a lot of talent coming back um, and we may have a different perspective on exactly who's coming back by the end of this season but for now that's my answer. Season opener 2021 at Minnesota. Steven? Yeah, yeah I, I picked that Minnesota game as well for a lot of those same reasons. It's a first-time quarterback going up against potentially Tanner Morgan, who's a returning starting quarterback. But also the reason I didn't pick any game from this year is it's, it's too much we don't know yet. Yeah, the week that they have some outbreak, the other team could have outbreak as well. But also we just don't know what the schedule looks like yet. And I don't want to, you know, have to pick something based off things that we just don't know enough about yet. While we know next year, as of where we stand, they're going to play play at Minnesota week one of 2021. Okay, so let me interject on this. Because we had a lengthy discussion about this and on the previous podcast. And it was like, I didn't realize, I hadn't really thought about the 2021 schedule until we did this. And then it was like, oh, we had these great texter answers. And it was like, wow. That would really be something. But part of that for me, when we talked about it then, and I think then I might have agreed with it, that that's a potential loss. And again, that's the week before Oregon. There's just a lot going into that, right? A component of that for me was the fat and happy national champions going to Minnesota on a Thursday night. Now, of course, Missing Justin Fields, missing Wyatt Davis, missing a lot of guys who led the way to that national championship. But it was sort of like peak Ohio State, flying high. You know, Ryan Day has a 15-0 season in year two. They are just on the top of the college football world. People are talking about, is Ryan Day the next Nick Saban? Oh, my gosh. Like, is Ohio State getting ready? We spend the whole offseason talking about the rise of the Kings of the North or is this, we already, we did a dynasty podcast a month ago. Imagine what we would do in the off season after they win a national title in Ryan day's year two. And then that is at least some contributing factor to the loss because they are coming off one of the great seasons in Ohio state history. If they're coming off either a no season be a screwed up season that like it's who even knows people play some teams play four games some teams play six games see a season where it kind of proceeded as normal but like they didn't win because they had some bad luck go against them or whatever if they if they're not the defending national champions then I would think they have less of a chance to lose that game does that thinking at all make sense to you because to me if they're not the national champions, Ryan Day is going to be saying, 2020 was taken from us. Now, listen, it's not the most important thing in the world. We need people to be safe. We need our country to be back to normal. But let's remember what last year was supposed to be, and it wasn't that. 
So are you going to go out on a Thursday night and get a rowboat jammed up your keister by PJ Fleck? The first game, because that's going to be like, that's going to open the whole year, right? To Thursday? Yeah. That could be the first game of the, of the, that might be the first game of the first normal college football season, right? If 2020 is, is just F screwed up. Is Ryan Day going to let his team go out there and lose that game when they had, they feel like 2019 was taken from them the way they lost to Clemson. 2020 is taken from them just because of the world was a mess. Here we are. This is finally our time. And now they're going to lose. I don't think they lose that game in that circumstance. So I, I would, as much as you can't take uncertainty necessarily into account, and I know what you're saying, saying, Stephen, it's hard to, that uncertainty to me is going to lessen my, my lean toward, yes, I believe they will open the 2021 season with a loss. Even but with think- all they're losing, along with, you know, a lot of new guys stepping up in the roles, including the starting quarterback who might be a true freshman that depending on when things actually do open up. I mean, we don't even know how this is going to affect say the, the season does happen, but things still aren't back to normal. We don't even know if spring practice will be back to normal the way it should be. So you take who, has, who will have better players in 2021, Ohio state or Minnesota? Probably Ohio state, probably Ohio state. Talent-wise, but still, Talent I mean, wise that's what yeah. I'm asking. Oh talent yeah, then Ohio, Ohio State will. De- okay, Ohio State will have more talent. Okay, still like, so that's you know, not. Let's not sit here like 20 months removed from that game and start making like, well, I'm not saying Minnesota's going to blow Minnesota. them out. No, it's just it was like a fun little thing to think about when we talked about it before, and I love stuff like that. I do. Um, I, first but, of all, I think – well, here's another thing to remember, though, is I think Minnesota is going to have some of those same motivational things in their favor to talk yeah. about, too. you got to be looking at it. They think this it's is their year to win Minna, the West, their year to so, get their shot at Ohio State. I'm just saying, you're talking about – but you're talking about – you're, talking about, you're not talking about skill when you're talking about the motivational side and of things. We, and we've talked and, about how P.J. Fleck, you know, if he stays at Minnesota, what he could turn that into as far as a Big Ten West school. Not saying it's going to be, you know, a, you know, equal to what Ohio State is in the Big Ten, but it can at least be a, a – feasible challenger at times and maybe this was the year where they think they take that next step and they play Ohio State in the Big Ten championship game and they feel like that's taken from them so they come into that game trying to show hey this this is our opportunity to show ourselves against Ohio State in our own stadium so they can have those same motivational factors okay so I would I loved this discussion the first time we had it I want to make clear right now I am 100 (laughs) percent distancing myself from the two of you on this subject because you are now both in like well P.J. Fleck at home on a Thursday with a senior quarterback, that's too tall of a task for Ohio State. I am not No there. one's saying it's a game Ohio State can't win, but we're saying we're that saying as you look over the landscape of games that we know they're going to play over the next few seasons, I think it's, I think it's a completely reasonable answer to say that that's a game that Ohio State would lose. No one is saying that they're going to get blown out in the loss. They could just lose the game. I'm going to take all the cuts where, like – like where Steven just said, no one's saying they're going to get blown out. And I'm going to take out the no one is saying. And I'm just going to like play that on Twitter <laughs> for a tease. Steven Means on Ohio State, Minnesota 2021. They're going to get blown out. Um, I agree, but I feel like you guys have now jumped the shark on the like. Well, just I because mean, we've you said it twice, stack, we've had a similar question now to answer twice. Yeah. If you want to stack like 10 reasons why that might happen. Um, 
I know what you're saying, but also Zach Harrison. And like, I know what you're saying, but also Harry Miller. And I, I know what you're saying, but also Seven Banks and Josh Proctor. So like, right. I get it, but... Um, I'm just saying, if we hadn't had the discussion already, and this is the first time you were hearing it, I think you might be reacting you, a little yeah, bit differently. Now it sounds like now it sounds like we are we are yeah. yeah it sounds like we're rowing the boat, and that's not the case. It's not at all. Essentially, the same question twice, and we're answering it the same way. Nathan Baird on Minnesota 2021. We are rowing the boat. I'm cutting <laughs> that out. I'm making Let's, t-shirts. I'm making fake black market t-shirts. Stephen Means, Nathan Baird. We love. The Golden Gophers. Um, no, I, I know what I, I know what you're saying, but now you just both feel a little too certain for my taste. That's all. I mean, fair enough. I mean, you're marking it down. Marking it down. Marking it down. But my point does my point. Do you agree with that at all? Like, do you those intangible things? Do you think that matters or not? I think I think Minnesota will have its own intangibles going into that game. But to, you, to to your point, yes, we're talking about a coach who also kept yelling that this team got no respect last season. So, yes, I can see a coach finding, if they have a lost season this year, using that as motivation for why they should win a national championship in 2021. And I also don't know that I agree that if Ohio State wins a national championship this year, that makes them fat and sassy going into the start of the, of the things next year because I think you're gonna there's going to be so much turnover that I think – most of that next year is going to be guys who are trying to make their first big impression, kind of take some ownership of this new regime. You're going to have Especially probably a true freshman starting running back, maybe a true freshman starting quarterback or a red um, or a second year starting quarterback, first time starter. Um, you're still going to have a lot of young guys on, on defense and on both sides of the ball. I mean, I think you're going to, you're going to have that whole linebacker crew that's going to maybe be starting for the first time other than what maybe happens to Taraja Mitchell this year. I mean, there's, there's going to be a lot of new faces that are going to be looking for some ownership of that team. So I don't know that I, I necessarily think that Ohio State, just because it wins a national championship this year, goes into next year complacent, especially under the circumstances. Yeah, but there's a bunch of new guys trying to live up to a national championship team. I think that's I, hard to do. But I, that, that may be true. I will say, well, then that makes it even more likely that they would lose to Minnesota. If they're the national champions. I guess. I mean, I, I, I would also say, too, that uh, in any game starting 2021 right now, my inclination is to favor the maybe more established team or the people with – star players who are more established because right now one of the people who are going to be hurt the most by the lack of a non-conference season and and this this jumbled up whatever we're looking at for the next few months is young guys because they're not getting as much time with direct development they're not going to get as many reps in those non-conference games where players have talked before about how important those are to like helping them you know get things started and getting comfortable at the next level even if they don't really get a chance to play it can be a first important foot onto the field so um i i think that could be an impact Ohio State has better players. They've won 27 of the last 28 against Minnesota. I just think you, I, I just think you guys are now too far on that side. Like the idea of like, well, if everything's kind of messed up and it's like, cause you don't, I mean, you don't even know, you couldn't name five Minnesota players. You just know that Tanner Morgan's probably going to be back as a fifth year senior and that Ohio State's going to be playing a first time starter at quarterback, but we don't actually know how much more experience Minnesota is going to be compared to Ohio State in 2021. So, I mean, I don't, Zach Harrison's going to be in his third year. He's going to like try to tear Tanner Morgan's arms off. So, um, 
Yeah, I just, I get, I loved it. I loved it. Part of the issue is this is similar to a discussion we already had. And this, again, is my inclination. I react negatively to consensus views. So it's like, we all agreed that like, wow, that's going to be a cool, wouldn't that be interesting for Ohio State to go lose at Minnesota in 2021? And now we're talking about it a second time. And I'm like, you guys are crazy. Yeah, it's it's the same answer. And it's no less plausible than when we gave it the first time. Uh, no, 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 moving on. But I disagree with that. You, you're, part of your original answer was not based, the first time around was not based on Ohio State being the national champs. That didn't factor no. in at all for you. No. No. I don't okay. believe so. You can go back and listen, but I, I, as I'm sitting here now, I don't really think that that's a factor because it's still more about what Ohio State's – again, part of this you're just basing it on – Ohio State's not a team that loses very often, period. So when are they maybe most vulnerable to lose a game? And that seems like of all the games being played in the regular season in, in a couple years in either direction of that game, that seems like as likely a game that they would lose as any. Uh, okay, we'll move on. Thank we'll you. move on. <laughs> Moving right along to okay, so that was so that's two votes for losing the 2021 season opener at Minnesota, one vote for losing a game in 2020 to COVID 19. And we're going to move along to our, our texter answers again 614 350 3315. We'd love to have you join along. Um, nobody picked a okay, I'll take that back. We had and I didn't tabulate votes this time because the, the answers are so scattered and things are so up in the air that it kind of became impossible because um, people were giving kind of more some answers more like what Doug gave where it's 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 a little bit uh, up in the air exactly who the loss might come against but they were giving kind of more years that it might happen uh, there was only one opponent for 2020 that our texters picked Ohio State to lose to and it's an opponent that as of the time we are scheduling or we're recording this podcast does not appear on Ohio State's schedule it was Purdue after I put out there on Twitter that I thought that was potentially a likely candidate. And I think I might've even mentioned it in the text or in one of the texts that I sent out that the schedule might match up. Although again, I think that could be a complete jumble and we don't know exactly how they're going to do the schedule next year, but for a lot of reasons, Purdue would make sense, geography, week off, all that stuff. So we had two people pick Purdue as a team they'd lose to from the 614. Mark it down. The West Lafayette Buckeye Slayers will give day his first loss on the road this season in that newly scheduled crossover game. And Chris from Powell, if OSU adds a trip to Purdue, it's 10th game, then that is where it will happen. A loss at Purdue would also likely mean no playoff appearance, just like 2018. This so seems like something that would happen in 2020. Mark it down. And I guess in, in some ways that would be kind of a, a fitting of all the catastrophes that have just befallen society in 2020. I think Ohio State fans would maybe feel like that was just like the latest in a series to get to get matched up with the one team that inexplicably seems to have your number over the last several years and to have that be a loss that costs you. Now, I don't know that it would cost him a trip to the playoffs. So, because I think as, as Doug was alluding to, I think everybody's going to have some vulnerabilities this year. And I don't think you're going to have to have a, a, a pristine season to get into the playoff, especially if it goes to eight teams. And then that's even if we have a playoff at all. The, it'd be interesting to ask texters, and maybe we'll do this at some point before they come out with the fully revised schedule of the four teams they could add if that's what happened, that they just keep these nine, but they add one more team, who would you least want to play? Because Minnesota and Wisconsin are clearly better teams than Purdue, but is there enough voodoo around Purdue? Purdue, voo, 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 Purdue, do that you would want. What? <laughs> Purdue, do, voodoo. 
<laughs> Purdue Voodoo. A, cu- a couple of years ago, Purdue had a, a new <laughs> marketing campaign where they switched it to Makers All, and it was just like widely panned. But Purdue Voodoo is is even worse than that. Why is there saying extra something. do in there? It just needs to be Purdue Voodoo. But I'm trying to put the Purdue within the Voodoo, so it's Voo Purdue Do. <laughs> Voo Purdue Do. I'm officially calling them Voo Purdue Do as long as they continue to beat per, Ohio State per, like every other game. Per, vo, per Voodoo. Per per yeah. That would be a great like label head like back in the day where you just have you don't have like a descriptive headline it would just be like a phrase and like after Purdue upsets Ohio State again you would have per voodoo yeah Purdue if, if, voodoo back when we used to print newspapers yeah remember those so <laughs> like who would you least like to play because again like Minnesota and Wisconsin are both good but uh, obviously we've talked about it a million times what Wisconsin does Ohio State can handle um, Minnesota's good right so it's like Tanner Morgan. Um, Rashad Bateman, I get that. I'm not sure you'd want them on the schedule for Ohio State in 2020. Northwestern, I mean, Northwestern was in the Big Ten Championship game two years ago. I don't know anything about who, if Northwestern is supposed to be good or not this year. I would be curious who would be like, who do you want to avoid? And whether Ohio State fans, do you guys think that? Do you think Ohio State fans would say, just don't give us Purdue? Maybe, but I will say this as someone who knows – having covered Purdue recently and knows a little a bit more about that program. Um, they actually may be more talented this coming season. If there, if there is a season than they were in 2018. Um, if Rondo Moore is healthy and they've got, you know, George Kalaftis was a freshman all American last year. David Bell was a freshman all American last year. Uh, they've got some talent. Um, but the other mitigating factor here is you guys were there. Well, Steven wasn't, but Doug, you were there in the, building that night it was just an insane atmosphere um a night game everything that went on that day with tyler trent that's not going to be the case it's going to be um, a very stale atmosphere as most games will this year if they have any fans at all there'll be less fans it, that i think that is a factor that anytime ohio state goes on the road this year it probably plays in their favor a little bit because it's going to take away that kind of raucous home crowd yeah yeah no i think that's true um but it, I mean, it just is interesting because it's as soon as you say, like, I, I obviously everybody 100% agrees with the idea is something partic- particular happened at Purdue that night. There were intangible things at play. But also, you know, it happened in 2009 with Ryan Kerrigan. And you didn't see it coming. And it almost happened in 2012 at home where Kenny Guyton had to save him. And it happened when they blocked the extra point in 2000. So like it has happened multiple times with Purdue that they have been right there repeatedly with Ohio state across multiple coaches for whatever reason. So um, on one hand, you'd think like, well, Ohio state's antenna will be up right. Of like, well, you know, all that stuff is fresh enough. Sean Wade lived that in 18. If they end up playing Purdue, Sean Wade is not going to let that defense have that happen again. Tough Borland and Pete Warner lived that. But on the other hand, like it's not like Purdue just did it once. So I don't know. I still would say if I were Ohio State, I would not want to play Minnesota first. I, I think that's most competitive. Wisconsin, again, I just don't think Wisconsin scares you because you know Wisconsin. I think that's number one of who you want to play. Honestly. I'd probably want to play Northwestern first. Well, I, I, mean, I don't of, know if Northwestern like, comp- stink. Yeah, yeah that's right. I mean, of the non – of the relevant teams. So if I said, if I was Ohio State, I might say I want to play Northwestern first, Wisconsin second, Purdue third, Minnesota fourth. Would that be our order? Of, of if, if Ohio State had to pick, we would like to submit to the Big yeah. Ten. This is our order of preference for the teams we want to add. Uh, yeah, I think so. Uh, Northwestern definitely first. No offense, yeah. Fitz. 
And I don't know who they're. Oh, I don't. Heads. Are they playing Hunter Johnson this year? I don't even know. I don't, whatever. But they. I, I mean, yeah. So, but you know, again, what Northwestern does. I mean, Ohio State can handle that. But uh, but to, the idea of like putting, we'd rather play Wisconsin than Purdue. That's all about Verdue Purdue. Do. Yeah. Um, here's uh, we had some answers that were like I said more just like 2020 against someone that they they don't expect. Uh, an undefeated season, although that was rare. There were only a couple answers like this. Maybe maybe just this one from the 419. That stretch of Iowa at Michigan State, at Penn State, Nebraska, and Indiana just seems too tough to not have a loss in there. Not to mention, not including 2013 since we lost in the Big Ten Championship. If you want to find the last time we had back-to-back undefeated regular seasons, you need to go back to 1916 and 1917, So, which uh, – that may or may not be true. I did not go double check that, but uh, so, so uh, repeat that at your own risk. Uh, so I will pick Penn state to unfortunately beat us for as Bob Flounders told us, they seem like they will be a formidable full any other year that Sparty on the road would cause me to worry a bit. Doug, do you remember when they nearly beat us in 2016 when they were three and seven at the time? And when I started to read that sentence, I thought he was going to make a joke about, do you remember 1916 and 1917, which is obviously ludicrous because Doug, you were in the Argonne forest helping us win world war one at the time. So, um, I definitely, I mean, I would not, I would be hiding in the forest. I would be terrible. I would <laughs> Thank be you for your service, soldier. by the way. I would be a terrible soldier. I'm but, sure you were an adorable doughboy with those little helmets. I've, I've been called, there was a time in high school <laughs> where my friends referred to me as the Pillsbury Doughboy Playboy. So that was me with my soft, gooey middle still getting it done. So, soft, gooey middle and long man's stomach. Are those... <laughs> Are those like opposing be, concepts? Most people couldn't pull off both of those simultaneously, but I am the rare creature that can. In um, only one lifetime. So I do think, yeah, I mean, it's like one of those things. I think Mel Tucker is going to be tough. I think Mel Tucker is, is going to be a good Big Ten coach, and I think he's going to be a good Big Ten recruiter, and I think he's going to build something there, rebuild something there. You know, they're down a little bit right now. I just don't know that it's going to happen right now, right? But I, the idea of, like, you know, that stretch, Ference is Ference. You know, Tom Allen is, you know, they, Indiana's coming off its best season in 25 years. Scott Frost probably has to get better, you know? And that's the thing. It is. The Big Ten's getting better. And whenever you have a stretch, honestly, like we said, if you have a stretch of, like, four or five games and none of the opponents are Rutgers – and maybe Illinois, maybe Maryland, right? If, no, if you have a stretch where none of those three teams are on the schedule, you look at it and you say, you know what? That's kind of tough because everybody else in the Big Ten sort of, kind of, can be viewed as tough if you want to view it that way. Yeah, I think Maryland could be sitting out there as kind of a landmine in a way because I don't know who's going to play quarterback for them this year. They don't even know if um, the Tagovailoa – guy that uh, transferred in from Alabama, if he's even going to be eligible to play for them this year, um, as we talked about earlier this week with Emily Jimbalvo from the Washington Post. But um, last, last week, last week, last last week, week. sorry, the days run together. Um, but I think that's another interesting guy, along with Mel Tucker, I think what Mike Loxley's doing there, um, the recruiting momentum they're building. Obviously, those guys aren't there yet, other than the, the five-star receiver who's coming in. But it's just, it's it's a it's a landmine if as Doug you were alluding to before if they have a, a bad week in terms of this pandemic in the wrong week, um, and that that game is on the road so that's interesting this year. Um, several answers that agreed with Stephen and I uh, that the the next loss will be 2021 at Minnesota with this uh, from the 614 with this season being only conference only can we really call it the regular season more like the bizarre season am I right? 
And he has sing on. Yes, yes, symbol in there, but I think it, he misspelled crickets. Um, I think they will go undefeated this season again. I think it's possible his first loss comes 2021 in the first game. QB on the road in Minnesota in his first game ever starting. That's a tough setup. If not that game, then I don't see a game until 2022 where he faces his first true whiteout and maybe Penn State gets the best of the Buckeyes. I have a gut feeling that Ohio State won't lose a home game for quite some time. Even if they lose to Minnesota, I think they would still beat Oregon next season. Uh, from the 614, the fi- first regular season loss for Day will be the Minnesota road game in 2021. Starting QB C.J. Stroud does his best J.T. Barrett Virginia Tech impression and turns the ball over three times. History repeats itself, and the Buckeyes lose by the same score as the Virginia Tech game, 35-21. OSU fans will call for McCord to start, but that won't happen. Doug will tell fans to calm down and give them a 2014 history lesson on the pod. They'll be proven right, right when the Buckeyes win the Natty in 2021. Mark it down. Um some other sentiment like that, that if Ohio State's going to lose early next year and then turn it around. Here's one uh, that the first loss will be 2021 against Penn State, which would actually be a game in Columbus uh, from the 216. Penn State in the 2021 season. Sean Clifford shows up in the shoe and leads him to a victory in a surprise upset as number 12 Penn State beats number two Ohio State 24 21. Buckeyes were looking forward to the game in the big house the following week where they were to face off with number four TTUN. Buckeyes then beat the Wolverines 34-21 and make the playoffs as the 18 playoff from this season sticks around permanently. TTUN wins its first Big Ten title versus Minnesota, but loses to Oregon in the first round of the playoff, while Ohio State beats Florida in the quarters and loses to Alabama in the semi. Um, and then uh, Luke from Denver uh, saying uh, he will not undefeated 12-0 national championships for 2020. Um, I guess this is before we found out there'd only be 10 games, and this will continue until 2021 when McCord loses to PSU as a freshman after winning the job. I, I, it's interesting to me to, to think of that perspective that we're seeing Ohio State as vulnerable next year to be able to maybe lose to a team like Minnesota or lose at home to Penn State, but yet still think that that makes you still potentially a national championship caliber team. And I guess the 18 playoff is maybe the the X factor there. If you we, we've said that all along, Ohio State may be the program out there that will benefit the most from an 18 playoff because they're just so consistently either in or right on the cusp. Already, it, it, the schedule is so interesting in 2021 because I think the four toughest games. Again, here we are projecting 20 yeah. months out, but that's what we do. The four toughest games are the first two and the last two. Yeah, you start with Minnesota and Oregon, and then again, I hate it. They finish with Penn State, Michigan, and again, just where stuff is trending. I mean, if if you had to say, okay, for the 2021 season. Might it be that like the opener is like number three, Ohio state versus number 14, Minnesota. And then the next game is like number three, Ohio state versus like number six, Oregon. I mean, if you're playing two teams that are that respected right off the bat, nobody does that. And they didn't do it on purpose. They did this when they thought Minnesota would stink. If they knew that PJ Fleck was going to get it going at Minnesota, that would not be their opener. That's supposed to be, stinky, easy Big Ten win. We get it. We want to play a conference game early. The league wants us to do it, whatever. They're not trying to give Ohio State a top 15 team on the road the first week of the year. P.J. Flex screwed it up. If that's what it actually is, that is the formula of how you can lose and still be a playoff contender. Because if you lose, say you beat Minnesota, then lose to Oregon. Or you lose to Minnesota, then beat Oregon. You come right back and beat Oregon. And then – You have a chance at the end of the year, Penn State, Michigan, both might be top 10 teams. And you have a chance to make a final statement. It is a really interesting schedule. And again, when you have, if they wind up playing four really respected teams like that, I think you can go three and one against them. 
And if it's the right kind of loss and enough other things in context go your way, you absolutely can still win a national championship, even in a four-team playoff. But especially, Nathan, as you said, if we're at eight teams by then, they're totally in. Um, some votes for 2021 against Oregon. Uh, Bake from the 803 MIDM, I'm going to say September 11th, 2021 versus Oregon with the caveat that the game is moved to a neutral site location. Oregon will have a returning QB, four-fifths of the row lineback, and perhaps the best returning defensive player in the country in Thibodeau. I think the Buckeyes would get them at home, but a neutral site game like Dallas or somewhere will even the odds just enough for Oregon to pull off a late game-winning field goal, 41-38, mark it down. Uh, that's interesting, too, that I, we don't know exactly what's going to happen with that series, uh, Gene Smith said yesterday he had talked to Oregon's AD. They, ex they expect to talk again probably, I think, next week or this week, I guess, now that we're recording this. Um, but I think it's up in the air exactly how that schedule is going to resolve itself. And I think, as I responded to, to somebody who texted at, um, in response to my text yesterday, um, it wouldn't surprise me if there are repercussions to – any number of things that are happening with a lot of team schedules. And there may be, have to be some widespread tweaks of the next couple of years schedules. I think that some of that is really up in the air, especially um, with, with some of the lower level schools that, that teams have scheduled and what, if there's no football, how they get, um, how they are affected. But um, that is interesting that if, if, if Ohio state is more vulnerable on a neutral field next year against Oregon than they would be if they were playing at home. I don't think they are. No. Again, I've, I've stated my, my – I think the, sometimes the Ohio State home field advantage is overstated. I had not specifically thought about – I hadn't, hadn't gotten there yet in how they're going to resolve that. That makes a lot of sense to me. And, again, they did that with TCU voluntarily where they took what was going to be a home-and-home home and they smushed it together mm -hmm. into one game at Jerry World in Dallas. If you told me that the answer to this is for Oregon and Ohio State to play in Arizona, to play in Glendale – at like Ohio State's second home. Um, I think that makes a lot of sense. I think that makes a lot of sense. It could solve a lot of problems. Both, I mean, otherwise your choice is, are you trying to jam in an Oregon's game, you know, in 22 or 23 and move other stuff around that it might just be easier to go one neutral site and then everybody move on. And then by 22, you're back to normal. And I think Ohio State has enough history on the West Coast. You know, I don't know that Oregon, I don't, you know, Ohio State's done Dallas, a neutral site game in Phoenix. Spitballing. I like it. Yeah, it makes some sense. Um, a few votes for 2021 at Michigan uh, from the 614. Markdown, a 2020 undefeated season, earning Ryan Day an elite Buckeye head coaching start similar to Urban's. In 2021, Day will use the Minnesota Rise as fuel to lift his team to a victory in game one. A trap game as described by the national media. They will roll through the season and end with a gauntlet versus Penn State and at Michigan. Ryan Day's first regular season loss will also be his only loss to Michigan. The loss will propel Day into a state of determination never before seen. Many will point to that moment as a launching pad for the first Ohio State dynasty. That was actually from Evan in Oregon, who's a, a frequent texter. Thanks a lot, Evan. And I, I think that's interesting. I, I had said before that I could see ways where a loss at Minnesota would be kind of a catalyst for a, a young team in transition to then be what it becomes in the next two, three years where we talked about Ohio state, maybe entering, having a chance to enter that, that mini dynasty phase, obviously building off of what could still be a pretty great 2020 season as well. Um, but that's also interesting. The thought that, you know, uh, what happens when Ohio state loses to Michigan finally, and how does he, how does Ryan day 
respond to that and use that. I think that could be a, a bit of a test for for any coach, um, but especially for him after you've had this long losing, long winning streak against Michigan. How do you respond to the first one, Stephen? How do you how do you kind of feel like the the first potential loss to Michigan could factor into the how Ryan Day has to respond and how his career is then viewed going forward. Uh, not in this year. I don't think it matters. But in 20, if, if if it happens in twenty twenty one, then I think you guys already predicted that. So I, uh, that would be a reset year in, in, in itself. But if it would happen in twenty twenty, I don't know if it just becomes like to, to what Doug was saying earlier. It just becomes a more motivation of twenty twenty was taken from us because you know it was not necessarily a normal normal year. What like, you can use maybe just maybe somebody has a corona is test positive for coronavirus. So that's part of why they lose and stuff like that. So I don't necessarily think, I mean, it's going to count in the record books. Yes. But I don't necessarily think it's going to be looked at in the same light. So you're talking like, so 2021 Michigan loss. I mean, there's a lot of instructive stuff. I mean, you don't know what's going to happen, but like in Trestles, the start of Trestles career, he was seven, seven and five in year one. So it's not exactly the same, but year two, they're 14 and oh, he starts five and oh in 2003. So he has a 19 game winning streak. They lose to Wisconsin. Then they win one, two, five more in a row. They're number four in the country. They lose to number five, Michigan. And it's the only loss Trestle has against Michigan. So it's coming off a national championship year. They're having another great year. They lose to Michigan. And then Trestle doesn't lose to Michigan again. So, I mean, I think that would be um, if and when that happens. And again, it's like you have to say an if because it never happened to Urban. But that's going to be one of the great tests of Ryan Day. When you lose to Michigan the first time, what happens then? And what happened to Trestle was national championship in year two and 02, 2003, great year. You lose to Michigan. 2004, total reset year. 2005, six, seven, great years. Eight, I mean, like great years until the end. A run of six straight Big Ten titles after the reset year in 04. So, you know, that would, Trestle took the one loss to Michigan really had sort of a, what is now unusual for Ohio State in 04 to just sort of like step back and regroup and then go on an incredible run. So um, that will be fascinating if Ryan Day ever gets to that point. And again, it's a point Urban Meyer never got to. And I, that kind of leads me into my final point here. We had a couple votes for no losses until 2022, um, a, a vote for 2023, and then another vote for 2025. And, and that texter did, did admittedly say, I have no good reason. I would be shocked if they didn't lose a game until 2025 i think it's obviously yeah. more likely i think it's more likely that even with no covid and a regular 12 game schedule that everybody expected it's more likely they lose one in 2020 than they not lose at all until 2025 um but i, I think it does it, it lead to an interesting question which is just you know as you said before doug the the standards here are just so high so how does a, a how does the fan base react to the next regular season loss and i guess Context is going to matter a lot there. Is the next regular season loss a Purdue game, an Iowa game, where they get kind of embarrassed by a team farther down and, you know, more middle of the pack in the conference? Or is it you lose a game even this year at Penn State, highly competitive on the road against another really good team? I would hope that, that context matters in, in terms of the response that the fan base has to whenever this first loss comes. So there was a time when Ohio State fans did not go into shock every time their team lost right lost I mean, it, yeah. right i mean but like but there also was a time when ohio state wasn't quite 
right at the top level, right? Mm -hmm. So even like I'm looking at, for instance, like in 2008 and 2009, I mean, Ohio State in, from 2005, 2005, six and seven, they're awesome. But when they lost to Ohio State, uh, when Ohio State lost to USC in both 2008 and 2009, I mean, it wasn't absolutely flabbergasting. I mean, in 2008 at USC, clearly USC's better. 2009, they're playing Matt Barkley as a freshman quarterback. USC, they come into Ohio State. It's kind of a weird game. It's a top 10 matchup. USC wins 18-15. I mean, people weren't absolutely in shock, right? Because it's like it's USC, whatever. But now, I mean, they don't play Clemson and Alabama in the regular season. And everybody else, they're better than. So, as Urban Meyer only lost nine games in seven years, but practically every time they lost, people went into shock. When they lost to Michigan State in the Big Ten Championship game in 2013, shock. Now, when they lost to Clemson in the Orange Bowl, maybe not shock. 2014, lose to Virginia Tech in week two, shock. Run the table. 2015, lose to Michigan State, shock. 2016, Lose to Penn State on the road on a crazy play. Not shock, but still like, oh, my God. Then you get shut out by Clemson in the playoff. Shock. 2017, Oklahoma, not a shock. That's just a, like it's a good team came in and beat you. Iowa, shock. 18, Purdue, shock. And then last year was – but, like, it's going to be hard for when this happens in the regular season because that's what we're talking about – it is going to be very hard for people not to be flabbergasted. If it's just, if it's to a top five Oregon team, you know, that'll be different. They'll get it. And that might be how it happens. Again, they have, who's next after Oregon? Is it Notre Dame? Who's the next non-conference on the uh, schedule? 22 and 23. That would have been a great thing for me to have looked up before. Hold on. Hold on. Give me two seconds here. I got it. I got it. I got it. I got it. Notre Dame in 2023 and 2022. Yes, that's the okay. next home. So, I mean, Ohio State's still supposed to be better than Notre Dame. I mean, they are. Ohio State is better than Notre Dame. So it's got to be a good Notre Dame team for people to not be shocked. But, like, other than that, if it's Michigan, even if Michigan's good, they'll be shocked. Penn State, maybe not shocked if it's just, like, a good Penn State team. But I just don't know that people – I don't know that it would be possible for an Ohio State fan right now, because they're so good, to be like, eh, you know what, everybody loses sometimes which is kind of like what I try to say at times. But also, as I've said before, when Ohio State lost at Iowa, I was like, that's it. <laughs> Blow the program up. You know? So, yep. th but they also haven't had, you know, the Clemson thing. That's different when you play a great team and stuff goes against you, whatever. But it's just been weird that, you know, like the Michigan State game in 2015 was close. And Michigan State went on to the playoff. That's a good team. And it was a close game. But still, everybody's like, I can't believe it's a game-winning field goal on the last play of the game against a team that went to the playoff. And Ohio State fans still can't believe it. So, like, that's where we are. So, when it does happen, if Ryan Day does not go undefeated the rest of his career in the regular season, people are going to be surprised when that loss comes. Well, we don't know when that loss will come, but we gave our best guess. Doug says 2020 against uh, an unknown foe when things go sideways. Because I like of, how you said it. They lose to COVID-19 in 2020. Yeah. That's yeah. A good way and I think, I think just about everybody will in some way. Um, and then Stephen and I uh, stuck with answer that we had given earlier in, uh, 
in the Buckeye Talk experience saying that Ohio State will lose the 2021 season opener at Minnesota. So we will see who's correct. We will see which of your predictions turn correct to our texters, 614-350-3315. Still a lot of – Before you go. Uh Don't don't say the thing. I just want to jump in before you say the thing. So keep going. I'm ready. Go ahead. I just want to remind people that Wednesday, as we are – talking about all this stuff, we are doing the anatomy of an Ohio State upset as our big Wednesday podcast, which is also going to be an an Illinois preview. But we're going to try to dig in with our tech subscribers about what really goes into this, what worries you about it. Is it intangibles? Is it a great opposing player? Is it a great opposing coach? Is it the way the schedule sets up? It's sort of a similar thing to this, but we're going to look back at history. And we're going to go through some of the things, not just Iowa and Purdue, but like the 2007 loss to Illinois, right? Some of these other ones that have happened in Ohio State history. Is there any commonality to that? And is it as we analyze the past, can we come to any conclusion about, you know what, this is really the kind of thing that Ohio State fans should or shouldn't be on alert for. So I think that's going to be an interesting investigation. That will be the Wednesday podcast. And then again, for the other stuff, the rest of the week, the plan is to keep dropping in these position group previews. So that's the plan for Tuesday. I can't remember which one it's going to be, but we're still previewing all these position groups. And just in conclusion, before we get out of here, I know some people have mentioned it. We ended up previewing three games that are not going to be played as part of our schedule preview, but I don't regret it. We had Lance Leipold on the Buffalo coach. They're not playing Buffalo. We had on Bowling Green. We talked to Nick uh, Petrowski from the Toledo Blade. I thought those were interesting conversations. Those conversations were valid for two months. In conclusion, I will say I cannot believe that we put you people through that Oregon podcast. <laughs> Actually, still nothing. not listened to that Oregon podcast. That was not even play the game. <laughs> I, was gonna, was, I was saving the Oregon podcast for the flight to Oregon, and now uh, that's definitely not going to happen. It wasn't already wasn't going to happen before they canceled the game. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. But that was like that was like you took the AP class, and then they canceled the test, and it was like I studied. Oh, my God, I studied. I listened all two and a half hours of Doug screaming about Phil Knight and for what? So just on its own, just I hope you found intrinsic value in that gear-grinding mental anguish of a podcast. And I think we've said intrinsic value plenty enough for one episode. So with that, uh, we're moving on. Intrinsic value. Buckeye talk. That is on the t-shirt. That is. Come on. So many many t-shirts. And that was Buckeye talk. Buckeye talk.